0: Cool. oh and hey I warned Brian uh, uh, my wife's not home yet which is odd but that also means that I can't close the door because if I do the dog will just stand on the other side and bark at me so there might be some roving dog noises that if you hear just you know say something and we can you know reset a few seconds or whatever needs to be done and
1: that's not acceptable <laughs>
0: <laughs> get feet right we're
1: now. gonna have to ask you to put the dog down if you're gonna be on this podcast <laughs>
0: I'll send them just like every lamb in the universe. Just send us
1: confirmation of, of the euthanization and we can get on with tonight's <laughs> episode.
0: Da, 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 da! You
1: sound insane. you realize that? <laughs> yeah! The whole world got crazy! Seriously? <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> Brian Gill, what's the movie of the week this week?
2: This week's movie of the week is Marvel's Ant-Man. Finally. Finally. Finally feels like it's 30 years in the making
1: literally is kind of <laughs> feel like i've been hearing about this movie my entire life so that's yeah. that sounds about right right this is a uh, second marvel movie this year for us
2: it is it is the best marvel movie of july i think that's fair to say <laughs> still, TBD.
1: Today. still tbd still <laughs> tbd and july's
2: not over yet so okay. have a week left right.
1: marvel's pretty quick with these things
2: that's true Trainwreck does turn into a weird Marvel movie at the it end. It is kind of, yeah. Like when we'll Sam Jackson
1: shows up, I was pretty shocked. Yeah, it is kind of weird. We'll have to talk about that when we talk <laughs> Trainwreck at some point. But uh, last time we talked Marvel, we were at the Alamo Draft House. We were. Mm. And uh, last time we were at the Alamo Draft House. Before that, we were there with a very special guest who joins us tonight. That's right. Backed by uh, semi-popular demand. Right. Don't let it. Don't give him a big head. Just you know.
0: No, I'll I'll take it. Any sort of demand, really.
1: Jason (laughs) Davidson joins us for Ant Man talk tonight.
0: Jason, Hey, how's it going, guys? Jason,
1: woo! It's going great. How are you? How have you been?
0: Hey, I'm doing well. I have uh, no, you know, legitimate complaints. I'm sure I could, you know, whine about something if you need me to. You uh, working on any movies lately? I am, in fact, working hard on a movie right now. There's a movie that'll be coming out. Well, I'm really not sure when, but uh, we're in post production on a film called Ari Appleton that we shot in December through March of this past year, and I've been spending hours and hours each day with our director and editor in the production office working on our first uh, fine edit of the film. Awesome! Yeah, so you'll it's be sending exciting. me a
1: screener. I am assuming. Sure, man. Whatever you want, I'll take a screener. Put me on the list. <laughs> that sounds exciting. What are you, editor or? What? Uh, What's your role there?
0: You know, I've worn a few different hats. Uh, originally, I came in as a producer uh, and then eventually became one of the three credited screenwriters on the film. Um, and I do a small part in it, but right now what I'm working as um, – I, I guess you would say just post-production producer, really, because I'm working with the director and the editor
1: oh, gotcha. uh, and
0: helping make creative decisions on the, the cuts of the scenes and sure. uh, which, which takes we're going to use and, and that sort of thing. And really just going from the rough edit where we've just taken the best take chronologically and stuck it in there uh, to really examining every frame and making sure that we feel very good about the tone and the pace of each individual scene and all the performances that the actors gave us.
1: Does it star any X 90s child stars?
0: <laughs> because? Man, I really wish it did. Oh. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't. I mean, we've got some uh, some local actors of note, but I uh, do not believe we have any X 90s stars. Uh, but child if we stars, have any- child stars. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, I deeply apologize. There are way there more ex-90s stars. Yeah. Uh, no, I wish we had some ex-child stars in this thing. That would be outstanding. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's, what, it's, a, it's a whole e- lot of fun.
1: What editing platform do you use, if you don't mind me technically asking?
0: No, it's there. it's it's no problem. We're using Adobe. Gotcha. Um, and the full creative suite that comes with it, and it has been tremendous. You know, I know how to cut on Vegas and Final Cut, so this is new for me. Yeah. Uh, to watch our editor, Molly Reader, she's fantastic, and she's working on uh, – we're off of uh, Adobe, and that's been kind of fun because I'm kind of learning – you know, a new little system there. And what I like about it is it's all the very ad- various add-on programs like After Effects and whatnot. Uh, pretty much any obstacle we run into, we load up one of the peripherals, do a little magic, plug it in. And if nothing else, we have a comp so that we can push forward. Because like I said, this is the... Um, uh, the first fine edit. So there are some things that we're still kind of taking a pass on. You know, we're putting in yeah. placeholders for. Here's where we're going to have the visual effect shot of the yearbook photos. You know, we just leave a place card in there and move on to the next scene.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I, uh, I I edit on Adobe as well in my profession, yeah. so I'm loving, yeah, it, loving it too.
0: It's nice. I, I, I really like a lot of the features of it that uh, I haven't, you know, seen on uh, many of the other platforms that I've messed with.
1: Yeah, it's been easy to move over from Final Cut, mm-hmm. which is what I was on previously. Yeah, good to yeah. have you back, Jason. Yeah, and I'm excited I'm ex- to be I'm here. I'm excited to am. talk Marvel with you. I don't believe we've ever had this discussion.
0: No, okay. I think we've we've deep into uh, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, and now You See Me. I think right. is where we've yes. spent most of our Magruber, time. MacGruber
1: a little bit, I believe.
0: Oh yeah, there was some MacGruber love.
1: MacGruber, as always, there's yeah. always some Magruber love yeah. on the on the show. All yeah. right, Brian, how are you?
2: I'm good doing well kinto how We're, about
1: you man i'm doing well we are without richard tonight
2: we are thank god
1: jeez <laughs> yeah finally
2: <laughs> richard's in uh in, on vacation so uh a, a well-deserved trip to uh guantanamo bay or something uh, i'm not sure exactly where he is uh, so he was transylvania went, he's yeah. this weird vampire thing
1: right. where he's always sure. wanted to go to transylvania and yeah it's an odd obsession oh, yeah you know i've never uh, seen know. him in the daylight <laughs> yeah. No, not on a mention, that I, mention I haven't huh. either. It's kind of weird. Actually, it's kind of of, weird. I
0: said some... that as a joke, but I'm really yeah. not sure if I've ever seen Richard during <laughs> the daylight.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> His feet are way too big for a vampire, though. I, I just yeah. I feel like that's a that's a throw
1: out. Uh, so he will be back at some point, hopefully.
2: Yeah. But we
1: are happy to talk Marvel tonight. There's a lot of other stuff to talk about, though, uh, in movie news. I think we should do that. News.
0: Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin.
2: Brian, what do we got on the docket? So we got a little news. You want to talk Star Wars? Because oh, we're course. Star Wars. Sure. Just a little bit. So, our dear friend Benicio del Toro has been offered the mm-hmm. role of the villain in Star Trek Episode Eight. Star Trek. Star Wars Episode Eight. <laughs> Sorry had Star Trek. Same on the thing, brain. Brian. Same yeah. thing though. You're actually mad right now. It's like they're no, not the same thing. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Um who do you think you are? No, uh I thought Star Trek or I said Star Trek because he was also offered the role of the Star Trek villain in wow. uh for Into the Darkness and Turned It Down, which eventually went to our other good friend Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Uh, so that that was in my my mind grapes, if you will. But yeah, so he's he's got the the offer. No one knows yet if he shall take the offer, but he has been offered the role of uh, unnamed villain in Star Wars Episode Eight. Thoughts? Exciting. Yeah, yeah.
1: He seems like he'd fit well in this world. Seems like he'd fit well with the vision of the current Star Wars trilogy that's going on right now. I saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy again uh, as the collector. I rewatched that before I watched Ant Man uh, this past weekend, and he's great in that. He uh, seems to fit the comic book sci fi world quite well. Sure. And so, yeah. I mean, he would be on the top of my list if I was. I would say Bardem would be up there too. Fabiar oh, yeah, Bardem. Uh, but he's great oh, in any just, sort of villainous role we sure. found out. But uh, Del Toro's fantastic. I'm excited, Jason.
0: Now. Oh, I'm very excited. Brian, now, I, I thought I also saw that uh, they were looking at Joaquin Phoenix for the same role. Do you know if he was offered and turned it down? Or I feel like Joaquin, to is,
1: Joaquin is just rumored for every role that's ever yeah. been. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I think he's rumored for every role, and I
2: also think – I think there might be a little bit of he enjoys taking those meetings and then turning them down because that yeah. seems to kind of be his personality a little bit. There's
0: a camera in the room, he's filming another documentary. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm very excited. I actually just recently rewatched Traffic, which I hadn't seen in mm. uh, forever, and uh, he's so so remarkable in that because he he plays the part so small, but it's so unbelievably powerful, and yeah. the idea of uh, seeing him as a, a Star Wars villain, which is, uh, you know, there's so much potential for 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 melodrama. There's so much potential for just a, a powerful presence that can can really be different shades of evil. I guess I would say just because of the way that they have the the Sith set up and the way that they've done Vader and the Emperor over the years and mm-hmm. Dooku and whatnot. Um, I'm really excited to see how they choose to use him and why they wanted him specifically. Like, what is it sure. about his acting style that draws them to him because, uh, I, I was thinking a lot about that. And in the, the previous films there, there's not a ton of big name casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's, there's more so in the prequels obviously than the, the, uh, original trilogy, but they, they're very specific when they bring in someone you've ever heard of and JJ J. Abrams definitely, definitely stuck to that, um, ideal deal with casting people who we're not terribly familiar with. So I'm, I'm very curious why.
1: Yeah, why. I was hoping for that, though. I, I yeah. think with uh, Force Awakens, Definitely. at least. I was hoping for no, sort of no-name actors, right. Yeah, which I feel like they accomplished on a mass scale. I mean, we know mm-hmm. them because we talk indie movies for a year and we talk blockbusters. So we know, like, for example, Paul Rudd, not like globally – a superstar. He's not Robert Downey Jr., but sure. you know. It, but for us, when we heard he was going to be Ant Man, we're like, really? Because we feel like he's kind of already carved his way in there with, with what he's done so far. Sure. So I, I I sort of felt the same way about um uh, about the Force Awakens. I didn't want people who had already carved their career path for yeah. themselves. Sure. So um, I feel like Del Toro fits that mold. Yeah. On, I mean, on yeah. at least a sci-fi scale.
2: Yeah, yeah I can go with that. But, but Jason, yeah, you're right. Like I, I, I like your point that if they're gonna cast Del Toro, there's there's a specific reason. It's not just well, we got this villain. Let's go grab somebody. That's a yeah. that's a comp that's a calculated decision to try to get this guy for that reason. And and yeah. that makes me excited for whatever they're gonna do because it'll probably. I mean, it's gonna be great because I think all of these things are gonna be yeah. great. But uh, but that is an interesting. It's a good choice, and it it does lend you to thinking. Okay, what is it about Del Toro that that fits mm-hmm. this role so well?
0: Yeah, and I spent about you know ten minutes trying to figure out what's the same between Joaquin Phoenix and Benicio Del Toro, and my head kind of melted. So I <laughs> quit quit that line of thinking really quick.
1: This is sort of the first we've heard about Episode Eight, other than Ryan Johnson doing the writing and directing. Yeah, uh, we know Oscar Isaac is back apparently as Poe Dameron. Good. And Del Toro only other rumored person yeah. attached to episode 8. Sure. We know we know about the Rogue One. Uh, cast. Sure. That's starting starting to come to light. But this is I'm so still excited pretty
2: for new. Oscar Isaac to be a superstar. Like I feel oh, yeah. like he's yeah. going his stock is going to go through the roof for having been a part of this movie and that that makes me very happy because I really dig that guy.
1: Yeah, he uh he had Ex Machina... a this year already once mm-hmm. once the force awakens destroys yep. the earth literally it's gonna set every record ever mm-hmm. i'm sure yeah uh, he'll be yeah. pretty popular but i mean i watched the comic-con panels from last week and he was in the force awakens and in the x-men apocalypse right. panel because he's playing apocalypse and x-men so there's another universe he's gonna yeah. be involved in which the more the better he's great he's greatness definitely what else
2: we got do you want to talk pacific rim uh, you,
1: are, you, you realize <laughs> Do I even have to ask? You, you yeah. know who you're asking, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. What, uh, what's Pacific the
2: deal? Rim 2, which is scheduled to come out sometime in the summer of 2017, yeah. will begin shooting in November, and the working title for it is Maelstrom which is also, I believe, the name of a Disney World ride in Epcot. But, uh, you (laughs) know, Uh, for not much longer, though. That's the one that's leaving.
0: It's It's gone. I believe it is actually when we were there uh, last October. I think its days were numbered for the upcoming Frozen ride.
2: Okay, moment of silence for Maelstrom. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) I think we're good now. Yeah, so Pacific Rim 2. Kent, talk about Pacific Rim because you're the, the resident Pac Rim guy. Yeah, I and people have reached out to
1: us and shared this news with us, and I appreciate that because they knew we'd be happy to hear this. Somebody, when they sent us the link, said, "I can't believe it's made enough to get garnish a sequel."
2: Yeah. So its budget was 190 million dollars, which okay. is a lot of money. Yeah. Domestically, only made 101 million, so lost quite a bit here. But overseas, definitely made up for it. It made 411 worldwide. Oh wow! So it doubled its Ow. doubled its production budget but it didn't do great here and that isn't an, that is a concern as much as studios will take the money that the overseas audiences will will hand them it does matter some how what the what the split is you know and right. for this one that's like a that's a 25% take here pretty much and so um that i'm i'm kind of with you Ken i'm a little surprised that that uh, it has garnered the uh, and I'm Garner's- not complaining at all. Yeah, I sure. I, I, I was abs-
1: not obsessed, but this was a top ten for me in in 2013 Pacific Rim was,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and not now- to be
1: not to be confused with Atlantic Rim, uh, which is also
2: incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love Indian Ocean Rim. That's yes. one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time.
0: Now uh, I'll, I'll admit I've not. Followed the Pac-Rim 2 development cycle. So, this is, briefly, this is, the, only know, like, this is the only development. This is the only one. Who's back? Is everyone back? Del Toro, sorry.
1: Back directing. Um, uh, Zach Penn, Travis Beecham writing it with Guillermo Del Toro. Okay. And the date is uh, in August of 2017. It's expected. But we are getting an animated series before that of Pacific Rim, which I'm looking forward to. But I'm interested to see where they take this because, you know, eventually this is going to cross over with Godzilla since it's Legendary Pictures, since they both are <laughs> Legendary Pictures. So maybe Pac-Rim 3 is Godzilla versus Jaegers.
2: Okay, I can oh. deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who
1: can't deal with that? Yeah. Like, please leave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I It's an I, interesting uh, title, though. Yeah, I, I bet that will change. I think it's a working <laughs> title, but sure.
0: yeah. And I, and I thought they kind of buttoned it up real nice at the end of the last one, at the end of the first one, I guess I should say. So I'm, I'm very yep. curious if they're going to prequel this, mm. or because uh, I think a direct sequel might be a, a little challenging.
2: Can I uh, can I confess something to you guys? Uh, just you two, not not the listener. So sure,
0: everyone, uh, go ahead and hit pause yeah. or take the headphones off for about twenty <laughs>
2: seconds. Be back in a couple minutes. I don't remember anything about Pacific Rim. <laughs> like, I I think I said this when we did Godzilla. But the second that Godzilla finished, it just obliterated all Pacific Rim thoughts from my brain. It was just. I think I, you I, should revisit it. I, sure, I, I might. I might have to. I mean, I of course I will. Who are you talking to, Kent? Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, true. but I think you know how there's like David Fincher people and there's Steven Spielberg people. I and and they don't necessarily. Uh, mix. I, I kind of feel like that might be Godzilla and Pacific Rim. Like I enjoyed Pacific Rim quite a bunch, quite a bit and, uh, came out, I think much higher than, than Richard, but much lower than you can't, but, but I really enjoyed it. And then Godzilla came out and I was just like, that's awesome. This is the best. I love Godzilla. This is my favorite movie. And, uh, I just don't – I don't really remember anything about mm. Pacific Rim. So you say it ended tidy. I believe you. I just don't – I don't remember it it's
1: all. It's ba- – Brian, it was basically Godzilla, but add robots fighting Godzilla. Sure. I mean there you go. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. How, but, could, you, you know, how I, could you
2: forget that? That's what well, I'm just, wondering. It, it, I'm telling you. Godzilla came around, and it just completely – No, I got you. Blew all Pacific Rim out of my brain. They, I, My brain was like, nope, can't handle both of these things. I, I felt the same audiences. way. I was very Godzilla
1: high – for a couple months too, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the listener remembers correctly, they'll agree with me. But I then I revisited Pacific Rim and it it erased my Godzilla thoughts. <laughs> okay. so, try it well, again. I think you'll be surprised. And, okay. And Between the two happy. of you,
0: you bring balance to the force. So exactly. <laughs> so.
1: We're uh, we're Jedi knights. Everyone knows that.
2: <laughs> right. But without well, midi chlorians. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Yes. <clears throat> They're making a – I see Sony has acquired the rights to an emoji movie, guys.
2: So that's happening. That's a thing. Well, that's Wait, cool. Awesome. Wait, what?
0: not that what Pixels is?
2: <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Do they have a date yet? Because I, I would like to know when I have to move out of the United States before uh, for that comes. A date? Yeah. What? I need a date so I know when I need to move and get out of here because I don't think I can handle my life. Yeah, in yeah. I don't think there's point.
1: anything confirmed. It's just that Sony is – hired people to write the story. But the problem is is that emojis aren't trademarkable. So they're trying it's basically like That's the problem. Whoever yeah. does it the fastest gets it type of thing. Okay.
0: That's that's gotta be the uh biggest power down moment of a writer's life where <laughs> their agent calls and Sony said, We want you to write a script. That's great. You know, and we're gonna give you creative license, develop whatever IP you want, however you want to do this. Great, what am I doing? Emojis. Like I feel like that's gotta be just a Amazing power down moment yeah, for a writer.
2: Specifically, the poop emoji. <laughs> well, the writer is
1: Anthony Leondis, and he previously wrote Kung Fu Panda 2 and oh. BOO, Bureau of Otherworldly Operations, oh, no. which is yet no. to be released. Oh, no. So, this is going to be great. Which i can't basically wait for our two hour emojis, emojis podcast. Yeah. Um, BOO
2: shit. is the animated version of RIPD, which was a ripoff of <laughs> Men in Black 2. So, yeah. uh, going to be a great one, I'm sure. Things are yeah. looking good. See,
0: up. Now that you say that, uh, it Are you wearing to a collar, obviously. Jason,
2: by the way? Are <laughs> well, you, wearing, are you wearing
0: a collar? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say anything, but it's, fun. <laughs> yeah. it's my yeah, lounge don't... wear in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's courtesy of my great Dane Jake. Who he was, was inspired so, by so Mad Max you know, Fury Road. Yeah, I really was in a lot of ways. <laughs> up, you Jake? should see what I've done in my Mazda 3. <laughs> Uh, the guitar player (laughs) speaks for himself you know you uh you you say that and obviously obviously emojis is going to be animated (laughs) but in my head for the first part of the segment i was convinced they were trying to do a live action emojis film
1: where people walk around and they just permanently have the emoji faces and they can't uh, live with themselves every
0: dumpster of the world was on fire at once (laughs) yes that's the uh, Mad
1: About Movies depressing moment of the week brought
2: to you by – We need a bumper for that, some kind of uh, a song, a theme song for that. Ba- brought to you by Domino's Pizza Bread base
1: <laughs> You only eat these if you're really depressed. Back to you, Brian. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Anything else? For movie news, should we move on? Yeah, let's get going. All right, let's talk Ant-Man. All right, well, I think we should start with Jason Davidson's Marvel thoughts. Uh, Jason, feel free to take up as much time as you please. Uh, Take up an hour if you need it. Uh, we
2: we Brian
1: Brian and I have nothing else to do. Neither does the <laughs> listener. Let's face the it.
2: The listener is tired of us. Honestly,
1: yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marvel Cinematic Universe? Wars yours.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I actually just had this conversation earlier this week uh, with our editor Molly because we were talking about the difference between. Uh, DC and Marvel, how, and it's really interesting because for a while there, the only movies that were even working were Batman and Superman movies, and they just sort of got run into the ground by DC. And meanwhile, Marvel couldn't make anything that mattered, you know? So we've kind of had this the, the 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 comic book universe has sort of flipped itself on its head. Uh, but what, what I love about Marvel, and I, and I think I have this right. I was watching that special they did a while ago, and uh, when the MCU started, the actual comic book company, Marvel, was was really hurting uh, for money. And, and from what I understand, they were kind of maybe not close to shutting the doors but close to having to start selling off more assets or sell away creative control or start cutting comics or you know having to make these decisions – and they went all in on the first Iron Man. They, they basically called in every favor, took every loan they could, leveraged against every asset they had to, to raise the money and couldn't get companies to buy in. So they did it themselves. Uh, yeah. RDJ was unlicensed, was, was uh, uninsurable at the time. So it was a total risk situation and they were all in. But because of that, when it blew up and went gangbusters, not only did they get – Basically, all of the money for it, they also uh, put themselves in the position to be the studio, um, which is incredibly important because when it comes down to creative control, it's not studio executives who are usually businessmen who aren't even necessarily associated with film at all on a on a creative level or story they 're just x's and o's and you know what's our projected domestic and worldwide take versus budget and and everything is complete. Uh, it's just it's just a business, and so you get into the MCU, and from the top down, it's it's comic book people, it's people who love it and care about it, and the entire universe is being designed by people who are more interested in the stories in the universe than they are with the bottom line. Now, ha- where the movies not doing well, I think that might change, sure. but because they're blowing up, you you have. Basically, the executive ex- order is let's let's craft this universe. Let's let's tell these stories, um, and it's been fantastic. And you know, you've watched a very intentional rollout. I, I'm not aware of not just comic book films. I'm not aware of any other film universe uh, or or anything like it outside of the comic books themselves. To have all of these standalone movies that are setting up ensemble films, you know, the going into first Avengers and second, and now civil wars turned into an ensemble film. Uh, I'm not aware of anyone else that's taking their time to tell these stories in the way that they're telling them. And it's, it's fantastic. You get, you know, the problem a lot of times with the movie universe is you have a, a bang up hour and 45 minute movie but that's the entire extent of time you get to spend with these characters. And one of the reasons I've gravitated towards television in the last few years is I, I'd rather have 23 episodes, 16 episodes, over however many seasons to get to know characters and watch them develop and watch the storylines develop. Um and because the way they have this universe set up, everybody has a standalone movie where you really get to see them, and then in Avengers you get to see everyone shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just from a storytelling standpoint. I think that's been tremendous. And uh, again, in a contrast to what they're doing to DC, I think they've nailed the the perfect tone. It's action comedy with stakes. You know, we'll, right. we'll talk about Ant Man in a minute, but you know, it's 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 an action comedy every film, but there are stakes. And I think they knew that's the tone that they wanted from the beginning, and that's why they got Whedon to craft the the first set of films in Phase One and Two. And you look at his work on Buffy and Firefly, more specifically Serenity. You know, he's he's been the master of that genre of having legitimate action that's genuinely engaging and heartfelt and funny. But then there are stakes: people die, people don't make it, people lose. And uh, that's exactly what the films have been, and it's it's been a, a treat to watch. I love it. I, I really, genuinely think the MCU is something incredibly special. I'm very excited to be um, this engaged in, in 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 film and paying this this much attention to it while it's happening. That I'm getting to experience it as it happens, as opposed to you know uh, some of the younger listeners or younger you know cooper for instance you know you're going to show him this years from now um and it's going to be it's going to be tremendous you know um right. but it's it's happening afterwards and I'm kind of enjoying getting to to be a part of such a distinct shift in storytelling uh as it's happening and it's 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 a treat i i really really like it what's happening with the MCU. I think it's the, the people at top have a story focus and they've hired the right people, person after person after person. And they're getting complete buy-in from all of their uh, actors all the way by and 100% buy-in from people getting thrown into these ridiculous situations to play these characters. And everyone's playing it. Like it's a Scorsese film. Sure. So I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know if I can, you know, vomit out much more praise.
1: <laughs> are you, you say you're a, a fan yeah. of the of TV more now than you are mm-hmm. a movie. Do you, are you an Agents of Shield follower? I you,
0: love what they're doing with Shield, man.
1: How how much have you seen of that? Or have you been following well, it since it live. the
0: live? So that's yeah. one of our – my wife and I, that's appointment viewing for us. Nice. So usually uh, – we we can't always get to it on the night it airs, but within 48 hours we watch it because we don't like getting the spoilers. And So how um, how would you say
1: in – of course this is the Ant-Man podcast, and we'll get to that. We'll have plenty sure. of thoughts. I want to get a lot of Marvel talk in too. Yeah. Uh, how, how would you say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has impacted your Marvel viewing experience? Has it made that big a difference to you? Or have you seen it as a necessary investment, in other words?
0: I, I think it's it, – it has definitely not been a necessary evil. I think it's been a, a great show. Um, you know, specifically right now, I'm thinking about how uh, there was an episode this past season that essentially served as the opening montage for Avengers 2 uh the, the end of the episode, actually more or less the whole episode, played as what you could look at as sort of a prologue to the events. It backed directly into the start of it. And in fact, I, I joked with my wife, the episode ended, and it ended on this great note. And it it's basically lights up on Avengers 2. Like, you could start it right then, and it would make sense. Yeah. Um, they also did an excellent job, I think, accompanying Captain America 2. Mm-hmm. The events on Shield, they did a great job of how it, it, it didn't spoil anything in Cap Two, uh, and yet you could watch Shield without watching Cap Two and follow everything, and you could watch Cap Two without watching Shield and follow everything. But if you were watching Shield and the movie at the same time, there were just little flesh outs, you know, a little bit more that you know that wasn't essential for either plot, but definitely enhanced the experience um and i don't want to get too spoilery on on season two uh
1: but i stopped watching it ap- after the winter soldier came out okay because once
0: well,
1: no spoiler but once you learn everything is hydra it's like well what are we even doing <laughs> anymore guys you know uh,
0: well I, i'd encourage you to get back in because they. yeah really, no I, I plan on it, it eventually really i just
1: stopped watching it every live uh since then
0: but something that's been very interesting on season two this year uh, has been they've been building towards civil war for months. And it's, it's little subtle things, but it's character shifts and putting main characters very naturally, very organically and very intelligently starting to give them opposing viewpoints, mm. starting to put them on opposite sides of are these uh, enhanced individuals, are they a good thing, are they a bad thing? You know they're yeah. and, and making characters make decisions, but the decisions they're making are true to the character, so you're not getting any of these cheap cop outs of well, they all follow Colson, so everyone loves each other you know <laughs> you're not getting any, you're not getting any cheap sitcom wrap ups I getting, think that
1: that Colson line of welcome to level seven in the pilot <laughs> in the pilot episode of uh, of Shield is so classic, oh, When he comes back now. from the dead or whatever <laughs> right.
0: yeah. Yeah, welcome to the seven. Of the you know races. what happened
1: to Colson, right? Yeah, yeah I'm a level six. Welcome to level <laughs> seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so great.
0: Think, doesn't he immediately, though, a, a line or two later, say, You've been standing there the whole time? Yeah, I was waiting for a dramatic moment. To... Yeah. <laughs> he says something like that. Um, Brian, but, any rebuttal, yeah. or response to any of this
1: that's been said over the past. No,
2: I, I, I like, uh, I'm also a shield watcher and uh, I don't think it's the greatest show that's ever been on TV, but it, uh, it's quite enjoyable and it ends up being one of the first things I watch off my DVR just because it's, it's just fun, you know? And, uh, and I do think it adds something to the magic of the show of excuse me, of the, the movies. And it, it I compare it to, like, the Harry Potter movies, which Kent doesn't get because he's never read the books never, or seen the movies. Never – literally I just never
1: seen them, so – Yeah. yeah.
0: And, uh, um, which is you,
2: quite amazing.
0: No, but, I just
1: never, just <laughs> never saw them. Like, that's it. Like, no yeah. – nothing against them. Just never – No, that's
0: right.
2: The, the thing that's interesting to me is that uh, – like those books and the movies, they complement each other very well. Like sure. you can you can watch those movies without having seen any of, or excuse me, without having read any of the books, and you you can love them and you can you can understand them, appreciate them, all that stuff. Uh, but if you have seen the movies and read the books, you you have like a little bit of an inside knowledge. Like there's just a little more that yeah. you know that other people don't know, and it makes the stories work just that much better. I think, and that's how I feel with. With Shield, mm-hmm. anybody who's not watching Shield but is an avid fan of all of the MCU movies, that's fine. Like you're getting along just fine, no problems. Um, but if you are enjoying both, if you're if you're participating in both, I think you get. I think it it heightens the experience, mm-hmm. not significantly, but a little bit for both of those things. They work yeah. very well hand in hand.
0: And uh, another thing I'll add to that, and they've been arcing away from this a little bit slowly over the last year and a half uh, but it's another power level of the universe because when you watch uh, the movies these are the the high powered characters of the Marvel Universe the, yeah. uh, Thor who is a, basically a god and Iron Man, Captain America, et cetera. They're very, very powerful entities. Mm-hmm. And they're so powerful that most of the plots on S.H.I.E.L.D., if any one of them were to show up, they could resolve it personally in several minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it's giving you the world of the MCU, but with unpowered individuals, just surviving on wits and training and doing the best they can. And I think it adds a, an interesting contrast. In addition to everything that Brian just said about fleshing it out, uh, I think it adds an interesting contrast too. As do
1: I. And uh let's talk Ant-Man. Let's do yeah. it. Who should we start? Brian, what did you think of Ant-Man generally? General thoughts.
2: This is going to be one that uh like I, I occasionally will get hot under the collar if somebody says they don't like a specific movie. Uh I just don't I don't understand it. There's there's times where we review a movie and I'll look at the Rotten Tomato score and it'll be like 88% and I'll think how did 12% of movie critics not say that this is at least a B movie? You know, like I, it, it drives me insane. Um, this is going to be a movie that I'll say upfront. I quite liked, I thought it was, uh, highly entertaining. And because, and, and it felt removed from the MCU in many ways, there was just very loose connections. And I felt like that allowed it to just kind of be its own thing. And uh, maybe it's just because we we haven't gotten too much of that lately. Besides Guardians, Guardians is kind of in a category all its own. But but all the standalone movies up to this point, since really since Iron Man, have have very much felt like another chapter of a book that I really enjoy. But it is the same, you know, it is kind of the same thing. This one, Ant Man, has its its own spirit, I think, and that kind of allowed me to. Enjoy what I enjoy some of the there are definite issues here, but enjoy it enough to where I kind of gloss over those things in my mind and, and I'm I was re- I was very eager, I guess, to just say, you know what, that doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's okay. I'm alright with it. I'm gonna move on because I'm enjoying this. Um, but that is to say, like I really enjoyed it. But if if one of you two says this is a a, a really bad, like I'm gonna give this a D or an F kind of movie. Okay, I get it. Like there's a lot of stuff <laughs> that uh I'm gonna guess got lost in the translation of there was like fifty different writers that took a hack at this yeah. at some point along the way, and there's it definitely thinks it's funnier and smugger than it is, and it's it, sometimes that doesn't play quite right, I think. Uh, but for all of its faults, at the end of the day, I think it's a I found it to be a personally very entertaining movie that I, it is not better than, than age of Ultron, but I enjoyed it more. Uh, I had a, I had a, just a very light, fun experience with this movie. And that's, that's just not something that we're, that I'm getting too much with Marvel in spite of how much I really like the MCU. And, and I think all the films are, are really well done. Um, and, and, you mentioned J- Jason Joss is the kind of the, the king of, of pithy banter, and so those are always fun. It's not that I don't enjoy those other movies, but this one just kind of had a different feel to it, and I liked that feel. I liked that escape, I guess, from the, the typical Marvel movie. So I, I, I liked it a lot. If you guys hate it, I'm just gonna have to say, you know what, that's fine. Everybody's uh has their own opinion, it won't be one of those situations where I feel like you're personally insulting me or something but uh but yeah i i enjoyed it quite a bit and and i'm i'm curious i think more than usual to hear what uh what you guys thought i i i did i generally come out of a most of the movies we see whether it's a franchise or a little indie movie or something i generally come out thinking kent's gonna like this richard's not richard's gonna like this kent's not we're all gonna like this like i usually have a pretty good feel for what uh, for what Kent and Richard are going to say, and Jason usually falls in line with me, whether he's on the pod or or uh, or off air, uh, we do occasionally talk in real life. But uh, but oh. this is one where I I, I kind of have no clue what you guys are going to say, and that that intrigues me.
1: I hear Jason clearing his voice. So go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do that quiet enough so it doesn't pop up. Ah. Um, uh, I I don't know I <laughs> I'm fresh off of this. I drove from the theater to my house and we started recording. Um, so I, I let me preface this by saying there's a, there's a reasonable chance that over the next 24 48 hours, you know, as as it sinks in, my my uh, position will evolve. I think it was fine. <laughs> I think it was okay. Um, but I think it was a decidedly average film. I, I, I really do. Um, it, for me, well, I'll go into some specifics. I think a, a few anyway, um, it, it, it shifted so much in tone for me. Like the, the movie starts as a straight drama and ends in an action comedy. And, uh, so it was it was it was kind of an odd viewing experience for me the whole time, because the first forty five minutes of it are are, are very very, um, I, I guess I'll just say straight drama. I mean, there's a couple of there's a couple of witty lines uh, here and there, but for the most part, they're playing it very very um,
2: serious,
0: very very serious. And and I want to say vanilla to be honest with you, because there there aren't a whole lot of levels. You know they're playing it very straight. They're playing it very straight down the middle, and even even all of the uh, the plotting involving Paul Rudd and his daughter, uh, they're not really taking any leaps with the drama. They're not taking any. Uh, I think the most dramatic thing in the first forty five minutes, are when they uh, melt a couple of goats or a couple of <laughs> cute little baby goats. Um, so it was drama, but it it wasn't terribly dramatic. And then at the end, when everyone starts fighting, we turn it into straight action comedy, and I'm laughing. I'm enjoying it. I'm having a great time with that experience. But it, it was, ah, on the whole, it just it it's not sitting very well with me as, as being a, a very good movie. It's it's playing as a a very average film to me. You know, there there are some very. Uh, paint by the number plots. You know the sure. incredibly large setup on the keychain to the yeah. direct payoff. The incredibly large setup on don't cross the streams. I'm sorry, don't shrink smaller than the molecule, <laughs> uh, and then the obvious payoff that's coming. Don't cross and, the and streams then...
1: like we've talked about this in the past.
0: <laughs> I think. Yeah, so it's just a very obvious payoff to. I mean, very obvious setup to a very obvious payoff. Um, and that's fine. That happens in a lot of films, but it doesn't tend to happen as much in the, the Marvel films. It hasn't been a lot of what we've seen lately. Um, and, and, and then, of course, I, I don't understand why Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lily were kissing at the end because we just, <laughs> it, it, it's like we have to put a nice little bow on it, but there hasn't been anything there. So I don't know why we're putting a bow on that particular plot aspect when we haven't seen it. You know, and you have the the Keystone Cops running around the whole time, and it's oh, we need somebody to uh, add some tension to this. Well, what if the cops show up and try to arrest him? Okay, well, let's have a funny sequence where their truck gets stolen. Oops, he hit the horn, so now they're back and they're messing things up again. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to hold off on saying it wasn't a very good movie because I did enjoy it, but <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't a very creative one. You yeah. can totally uh, – and,
1: and just so you know, you can totally uh, like a bad movie. Does that and, make and sense? I, yeah. And I, 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 I willingly like movies that I know aren't good. I just like sure. them. You know, The number it's of like,
0: times I've flipped by Gone in 60 seconds and just sure. left the channel there <laughs> is disturbing. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was – it was not very creative, which is ridiculous to say because you have a shrinking man and an army of ants. But if you actually kind of change, if you, <laughs> this is stupid to say, but if you remove yourself from the idea of the shrinking man and the uh, the ants, it's not a very creative film. It's it's kind of on rails the whole the, yeah. whole, the whole way. Um, I think. Some of the dialogue was very funny. Obviously, his friend was written for comedic relief, and I think in the first third, he was grating, and I think in the back half of the film, he was genuinely entertaining. That sequence at the end with uh, all of the lip syncing was, was very funny. I laughed at that quite a bit, but it, to me, it stands in incredible contrast to what I watched in the first third of the film when we were establishing plot and establishing Paul Rudd. Uh, oh, and, and real quick, well, we'll come back to Paul Rudd at some point, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll hold off on talking about Paul himself, who I love as a general rule, uh, and it leads me back to what something that Brian said. It it makes me incredibly curious. What did Edgar Wright's script look like mm. eight years ago, seven years ago, six years ago, three years ago? <laughs> as this thing has developed and as it slid out of Edgar Wright's hands, what were we looking at? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very very curious. Sure.
1: yeah and that's kind of where I wanted to start my thoughts because there were moments of this that I really viscerally loved, and yeah. as is with all Marvel movies i'll say uh there, there's ten minutes or fifteen minutes in every uh m c u release I could watch any day you know uh they seem to have that that and some more than others uh mind you, but at least that much in all of them man, I really enjoyed myself for almost a good hour of this. Uh, but there's about uh, thirty or forty five minutes of it that um, I could do without. I, I I just feel like it was a toned down version of what it could have and should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it, absolutely. It, it felt like okay, let's make an Edgar Wright movie without Edgar Wright, and yes. it just didn't get there in in a lot of areas. Uh,
2: but you, can I can I interject there? I I think you can definitely tell why Edgar Wright and Marvel parted ways. Yeah, sure you know yeah. like there's there's multiple sequences that just exactly what you just said can't it feels like it's gone the lip halfway. sync was
1: a perfect example
2: yeah of, of, it, of with, it, with
1: smoother and mm-hmm. uh, flashier editing uh, yeah. techniques and mm-hmm. and you know a little bit of Edgar Wright flair could have right. gone to that next to that pinnacle level yeah uh, of action comedy and didn't happen though yeah I think
2: there's many there's several sequences where you're just like It feels like they're going halfway towards Edgar Wright, and and that doesn't always play right because you want it to go, you want it to go all the way, you know. But I I thought, yeah, I had that thought several times throughout. (laughs) Uh, And having said that, in my opinion, I mean, this is
1: this is a worthy entry into the MCU. I don't see, I, I I don't overall, I don't see Ant Man being the next Iron Man. I don't see them basing the next. You know, phase of the cinematic universe around Ant Man. I think it's it's going to be still focused more on Captain America and Thor. Uh, if anybody, if Robert Downey Jr. is not involved past his his current commitments uh, any mm-hmm. further, and Anthony Mackey, by the way, who was yeah. in, this, in this movie, he's going to be he's going to be uh, pretty heavily involved too uh, in the future. I want to comment on what Brian said. This does feel like more of a standalone film. Rather than a part of the current Marvel Universe, even though they make mm-hmm. such blatant uh, calls to the Avengers in it, you know, mm-hmm. by literally saying, <laughs> it's not a spoiler to say, there's a part where Scott Lang, <laughs> Paul Rudd says, Why don't we just call the Avengers? Right. Ooh, and cause I the, went
0: heavy spoilers. I'm so sorry. No, oh, no,
1: you're fine. No, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't anything that's going to ruin the experience, I don't think. Okay. But I mean, it, it, it's funny because you always say that in the other, like offshoot movies, uh, especially after Avengers 2012 came out, everyone had to have been thinking, well, what are they going to do now? Now that everyone knows the Avengers are a thing, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how is Iron Man going to go face enemies by himself? Why can't he just call Cap and uh, and Thor? Right. So it was interesting. Uh, some interesting drawbacks to the the MCU. They they made it some a little bit. Desperate in some areas, there. I think they would have disagreed with Edgar Wright on some of that, on some of the callbacks to the MCU. I think Edgar would have wanted to make this more of its own thing, more yeah. of a standalone thing than connected to to previous films. So I imagine that was a a point of argument.
2: No, I think you're totally right, and I think I think this is the as much as I enjoyed this film, uh, which which I quite did, and I'll I'll stand by that no matter what your grade is, Jason. But. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the weakest directorial effort of of any of the. It felt
1: the like they films. hired somebody at the spur of the moment and yes. said, "Can you get this done?" Well, yeah. and,
2: and 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 doesn't it, that doesn't that seem like that's probably true? Because like you you look at Peyton Reed's credits and it doesn't fit. And I'll look. Marvel has always kind of gone outside the the general bubble, I guess. The sure. people that you expect to pull great directors, the Russo brothers are are a perfect example of that. But like. The guy whose biggest credit is Yes Man is a really, really odd choice, even for a he was Marvel movie actually that is gonna comedic to, he in was tone. He
1: was rumored for the, to direct Guardians for a while. Good grief. Oh, yeah, yeah imagine God. what that could
0: have um, and should have well, not been. Brian, Brian, on your point, uh, I'm trying yeah. to remember my timeline here. The moment when uh, Edgar Wright stepped away – it was very, very close to principal photography. I want to say a couple of months, yes, wasn't it? When he finally yes. stepped away, I want to say it was about three months. It was close, it not was a really lot of close, time, yeah. You know, they, uh,
2: it it does seem they kind of rushed to get this thing out on the timeline that they'd already established for it.
0: And well, I think it, you yeah. can
2: tell that a little bit at times. But I, I, yeah, I think I think this is a much different film with Edgar Wright at the helm. I, in Marvel's defense, and which is not something that that we are supposed to do, I guess it's not cool to defend the big corporation, but in Marvel's defense, Edgar Wright was always an odd choice for that. And because Edgar Wright is a very, but I I heard it was Edgar Wright's idea in the first place. I, 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 I totally, I think Edgar Wright wanted to make the movie and Marvel, I think Marvel allowing him to try to do that was a very brave thing for them to do, but also it never seemed like that. I was always skeptical that it was going to work out because Edgar Wright does not strike me as the type of person who wants to wants play by the team. Yeah, play yeah. with the team or play by the rules or whatever. Yeah, collaboration. I don't think he is very interested in doing that. So it always seemed like this could end uh, so poorly, um,
0: well, and continue. I don't think he
2: was gonna. I don't think he was going to play nice with marvel's rules and that for 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 better or for worse that is part of directing a marvel movie you do have to play by their rules and if you're you know if you can't do that then you 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 shouldn't i mean no matter how much you love a property you shouldn't be involved in it which is why he pulled out i'm sure but yeah
0: yeah. and and kent i think you're right i think uh edgar wright was in contact with marvel before the mcu began like this this goes way way back doesn't it
1: paul rudd said that Edgar Wright came to him a long time ago and was like, you're the guy. And uh, so Paul Rudd's kind of been the the person who's been around the longest, I guess, since Edgar Wright is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it may, it's interesting what it could have been, mm-hmm. and and that kind of depresses me. I, I, I wish it would have been more of a uh, standalone uh, offshoot type of thing. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this didn't have that big – I mean, it had a pretty big budget, not – not extravagant, not Avengers bloated sure. or anything like that. I mean, they wouldn't take that risk. Right. Uh and it only made fifty eight million. And I, I say only made that because we're used right. to Jurassic World and uh the Avengers and, and everything breaking records every weekend uh in these times. Sure. Fast and Fast Seven. Every 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 big movie has taken over the world this uh this summer. So this is a number one at the box office. It was number one, but it was mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't uh, a big weekend. Um, so I don't see them investing. I, I I say all that all that to say, uh, I don't see Marvel and uh, and Disney investing a lot more into the Ant Man thing. I, I I mean, I see him making cameos in other films, yeah, which I've heard is. he's going to be in Civil War and and probably the next Avengers installment. But I don't see them doing yeah. a trilogy of Ant Man films. Maybe one more. Yeah. Uh, no, sure. I, think,
2: I think you're right. I think he's a, I think he's a player in the, the next phase of, he's a of
1: fun, Marvel. he's a fun accent character. Yes. Yes. And, and it just depresses me because there are so many moments in the film that could, that could have, I, I'm talking about the action that could have gone to the next, to the pinnacle. And the closest thing to it is when he goes subatomic. And yeah. that's when I really said okay, here's what you can really do with this character when you start thinking about wow, he can literally go to any size ever. And yeah. uh and you start seeing things you would never seen uh you know, even through a microscope or anything like that. So that was really cool, great, you know, very well done sequence and everything. Uh by the way, did y'all see this in 3D?
2: I didn't, but I believe did, Jason did.
1: Jason? I did see it in 3D. How did you like that? Because I saw it in 3D in anticipation that there would be a lot of visual gags, not gags, but tricks to, uh, to accommodate the size of the ant. Yeah. (laughs) How did
0: you Uh, feel about that? Well, uh, I and I'm sure Brian has said this many times about himself as well. I am not the biggest fan of 3D. I've only really enjoyed. I've never said that
2: because I always say I hate 3D. Oh, I-,
0: I I do apologize. <laughs> I undersold you. Uh, I do not enjoy. Typically, I do not enjoy a film in 3D. The only film that I've really liked was uh, Avatar, and it's because James Cameron designed the whole thing for 3D, and he used it uh, for depth of field. He used it for the feel of the universe more than you know. Like you, you said the gap. Gags for stuff coming at you, Um, and I say that because I I felt kind of similarly about Ant Man that there there weren't there weren't there weren't any gags, but I didn't feel like the the movie felt enhanced by depth and space. So uh, it feels more like, hey, it's a superhero movie. We need to have a 3D version of it because everyone loves 3D, and that's what you do. Yeah, that's uh, always, summer blockbuster. Uh, yeah. Put it in 3D, but I I don't feel like the movie was enhanced by it. The ant flying sequences. You're right. I mean, I feel like at some point, Paul Rudd should have been on an ant flying right at me, and at, at no point in time did that happen.
1: Yeah, it should. Uh, it did feel kind of a, like a cheap conversion, which yeah. oftentimes it does. I thought there would have been more detail um, spent on on that. The potential yeah. of an Ant Man in 3D. Does that make and, sense? They were pushing the IMAX 3D pretty hard around these parts. Yeah. So I think I would have thought there would have been more more effort on on that part, but I enjoyed it. it um, yeah. I'm starting to come around again on 3D. Uh, it took about a year off and mm-hmm. I've had some good experiences this summer with it so far. Did but. you
0: have uh this is gonna be oddly specific, but uh did you have any uh issues where Trying to think, of, well, I'll just spoil it at the at the very beginning there when Paul Rudd's working at the retail shop at which he's working. How's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could not. the The logos were all blurry. I, in my three D, I could not see them. Like I, mm-hmm. I knew what they were supposed to be, but the layering of the three D, I couldn't read them. Huh. Yeah. and I didn't know if that was something that you experienced or even noticed. I don't, I, don't, I don't. I didn't notice that. No. Okay, because I, I was crisp focused just about everywhere else, but in that particular retail retail location, the hat that he was sometimes wearing for the, instance, sometimes the sometimes the calibration
1: the is off on the three D. I've noticed that in some theaters. Maybe that, that must maybe that it. was the issue. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What do you think of the whole plot line? Uh, the story itself, with the the fact that uh, we're not being introduced to Hank Pym himself. Uh, the actual torches being handed off to Scott Lang, <laughs> Paul Rudd. What do we think about about that? Uh, what do we think about Michael Douglas in this universe? By the way,
2: Ryan. I quite enjoyed it. I thought he was good. Uh, it, he, there's definitely a little bit of look. American Treasure Michael Douglas is is a cool dude. <laughs> you he's know? not an American Treasure
1: yet. I don't think.
2: I feel pretty confident that he is, but I'm going to have to look that up.
1: Now. If he's not, he should. He should be.
2: I feel like that was a Richard.
1: I'm ninety percent sure he's not, but we have this argument every time. Every time somebody comes up that should be, we always no. They're pretty much. They're probably in the Hall <laughs> of Fame. We sh-
2: what about Regis Philbin? Is he an American treasure? I Michael don't. Douglas is not in. Brian. Well, I feel like. Sorry. We have let the American public and Michael Douglas. He'll down. be in next time. Can't- now is there some
0: sort of penalty for Brian having invoked the title I don't know how this yeah, works. Yeah I have
2: to watch Shinsu Chu play baseball for the rest of the season <laughs>
0: so
2: um okay well future American treasure Michael Douglas yeah. is a is such a he's such a cool guy and uh there's a term that I would use for him if I was allowed to use such a term but uh it's there's a little bit there's just a little bit of I'm a I'm too cool for this part for me to be, for, I'm stooping to your level on some level to, uh, to be in this, this superhero movie, but that's kind of what makes him awesome and everything that he does. And so it, to me, it worked really well. It's definitely not the greatest acting that Michael Douglas has ever done, but I think that's kind of, that's the part in a lot of ways, you know, like, I think that's, that's what he is kind of supposed to be doing. And I, Maybe I'm just making excuses for him, but I, I really enjoyed most of his screen time a lot.
1: Yeah, and the w- words of Lebowski, he just fits right in there. Yeah. He, yeah. In the Marvel Universe, that is. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just right in his time. He just knows what he's doing. He fits right in. And speaking of that, uh, the, the role was going to go to Steve Buscemi, apparently. Imagine what that would have been kind of weird.
2: Man, would been. that's a much different character.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I heard Steve Buscemi was up for the role of Uncle Ben in Spider-Man. Oh, so that that's going to be weird too. I yeah. think it has to be somebody who you could picture as the old Ant-Man. Which I enjoyed the sequence at the beginning, by the way, of uh, the, how they CGI'd kind of Michael Douglas to make him look young again. That was yeah. really convincing. That was one of the more yeah. convincing age jobs they've done since uh, yeah. that they've tried to. Make that technology something. And, uh, and so we, we get Agent Carter there, an old Agent yeah, Carter. It was neat. And it was good to see John Slattery back as uh, Howard Stark.
2: Future American treasurer John Slattery, or at least O'Malley,
1: for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll, are you sure he's not already in, Brian? No. <laughs> so,
2: what do we think of the, the setup? The
1: Paul Rudd being in jail, everything uh, wasn't very believable, in my opinion. Uh, Paul Rudd being yeah. in, in jail and just being
2: let I, I kinda, out that easily. They, they let him out so quickly. I like to believe there was an earlier there was an earlier version of this film where he's like in jail for 20 or 30 minutes and we get some rough Paul Rudd life. you know. And then they shot it and they were like, dude, you're just as great as you are. This is just not working. We're going to have to cut this down to one joke and get you out of here. Yeah. The
1: main thing with this movie is it's just such a hard sell. And I think that kind of accounts for the decent weekend, not huge weekend. Yeah. Is that you just tell people and you see the trailer and you still be like, oh, Ant-Man, oh, what's that about? Oh, it's <laughs> this guy. He can become the size of an ant. Well, okay, but yeah. uh, what is that? How are you a superhero now that you're size of an ant? How How's that going to work? <laughs> so that's always been sort of confusing to the general public and to myself. And after seeing this, they really – did a pretty decent job of how an ant-sized person could be a superhero. I yeah, I felt that way. Uh, the fact that they try, kind of explain it like he's a he's a bullet. I mean, it doesn't matter how big you are; it matters the velocity at which you're traveling and the you know force at which you are uh, exerting on somebody. So I found that interesting. And the the way they kind of set that up is the the running through the lock sequence. Yeah. And that was a pretty clever way to train somebody sure, uh, to be an ant-sized person. Uh, so what, how, do we, how do we feel about the science of the entire ant thing? That's, that's where you can kind of win or lose some people, go from an A to an F. It's like, okay, this yeah. guy's an ant. And something I did not agree with, and it's not a spoiler to say, I don't, I don't like how he talks to ants and like how he's yeah. friends with ants. I, Ant-Man, well, to me, works as a character just the fact that he can get small and attack people. I don't need the sure. the I'm an actual ant part of the Ant Man. <laughs> Does that make
2: sense
0: at all? Well, but if you didn't talk to ants, a solid fifth of this movie would have had no dialogue whatsoever. Sure, that's
2: very true. Don't don't underestimate that being part of the deal. Yeah, like, we've got to have some talking in this. It's not just clicking of antenna. So what do we think about antennae? Antenna? Antennae? Antenna? Antenna. Antenna. Whatever. Sure, I think it's antennae. Yes. I who cares? I'm just gonna start putting an
0: eye on the end of everything like that. Please. Do it. What American do we think Trench about the
1: science of uh, this <laughs> Jason
0: you know i my my rule for sci-fi has always been and will always be you you build your box of reality, you establish it early, here's what works, here's what doesn't, and as long as you stay within that box, I'm cool um, i and for the most part, I actually think they did that because they didn't explain it. <laughs> he, he, he shows off his little bluetooth yeah. device and says hey i use this ants understand me and they do what i tell them but there's goes, a part
1: where there's a yeah. part
2: where i bought a bluetooth on the way home cannot yeah. talk to ants i've been trying all day false advertising
1: yeah, there's a part though where scott lang is seen putting on little headsets onto the ants <laughs> in order yeah. so that they can hear his communication like that's kind of a lengthy process okay now i have to <laughs> i have to give 400 ants headphones now so that they can yep. hear this uh mind reading they can, they can read my mind i guess weirdest
2: product placement ever for beats by dre but you
1: know, i don't so feel long. like that would have been in the edgar wright version and i
0: can totally tell that that was lebron and not an ant in that one scene
1: <laughs> brian what did you think of the
2: uh, I'm with Jason. It did not make any sense at all, but they also said they set up their own rules. They follow the rules. That's all you have to do in a sci-fi movie for me to, for me to say, okay, that's fine. Uh, as long as you don't, I'm glad they didn't take an hour to explain the science because that there's no way the science makes any sense mm-hmm. in, in in either of those realms, either the communicating with the ants or the, uh, the particle that he has, uh, the very yeah, serious they they particle no
0: time on that. Yeah.
2: And That's fine. Is the
0: like, particles are liquid. I don't, I don't even yeah. know what it is.
2: You, you have to pick one or the other. You have to explain and get it right, or you have to not explain and make it so entertaining that no one pays attention to that. and I, so I'm okay with it. They did all right. I'm sure the science is ridiculous in every way, but yeah. but they didn't they didn't put that in my brain that I had to that I had to think that the science was real, and therefore I'm okay with that.
0: Can we can we talk about Paul Rudd a little? Sure, let's. Yeah, here's here's my big Paul problem with it. I love Paul Rudd. I really really do. I, I I've I can't really think of anything I've seen him in where I, I haven't liked him, and I mean liked him, like really enjoyed that it was him specifically. Um, but one of my persisting thoughts is that, uh, and and it, and it's increased since you said Edgar since day one, saying you're the guy. For the life of me, I can't figure out why this had to be Paul Rudd because I, I love Paul Rudd, and I think he did a fine job. I feel like
1: in the original vision, mm-hmm. the, it was much more comedy and needed to be somebody with chops or at yeah. least ability to improvise. Well,
0: so. and I think that's part of what's so frustrating is that for that first – Third, it could have been almost anybody. The way that they they directed him down, they directed him flat for the yeah. comedy. They directed him very, very small. There's no, there's no Paul Rudd in it at all. I mean, yeah. it, it's Paul Rudd, but it's it, it could have been anybody. Yeah. Well, and, you know what and,
1: happened was, I mean, straight up, they they started making the movie or pre-production or everything was going on. This had been going forever, you know. They're finally starting to make the movie. So Edgar Wright leaves writer director out of there. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is still kind of standing around like, okay, so are we doing it? You know, so right. Paul Rudd's contract wasn't then negated because Edgar left well, the yeah. project, you know? So he, he kind of stuck around more than anything, more than Marvel, Disney saying, okay, Paul, you're now hired. You know, he was already hired before this sure. all went down. So I – I see him as just kind of left over from the Edgar Wright project, kind of stu- sure. kind of stuck Gosh. around. I, and I imagine if Disney right. had you're their way, right. I imagine if Disney had their way, they would have recast this with somebody younger, more affable to a future yeah. franchise, more Chris Pratty type of person. Sure.
2: But I think what, what both of you are saying I think speaks to how meh? Too bad the direction is because yeah. Because y- y- I think every once in a while, just in the same way that there's times where you get glimpses of what Edgar Wright was doing, I think there's in the first. You're totally right, Jason. The first third there's not enough Paul Rudd, and then you get a little bit more as you go. But mm-hmm. uh, there's multiple moments where you get a glimpse of Paul Ruddism, mm-hmm. and and then it's just kind of swallowed up by really mediocre directional choices i think yeah. and I, there were plenty of times where i laughed out loud very quickly very short and then it was almost like muddled into something else Im- yeah. almost immediately yeah
1: let's get the, into the spoilers uh, right now though spoilers yeah. coming up because we're gonna get into sp- some spoilery Mm-mm. spoilers here so <laughs> now we're in the zone go ahead jason
0: oh i i was just gonna to add to that there was a a very there's this is very spoilery there is a that funny moment where you finally have the resolution between evangeline jilly jilly evangeline (laughs) lily and a whole other character uh kate from lost and michael douglas finally have their you know the reconciliation and then paul rudd steps forward and very paul rudd uh oh that was really nice oh (laughs) i'm ruining this now aren't i yeah yeah, I'm going to go over here. It's like uh, because I'm a giant nerd, I've actually listened to the audio commentary for the first Austin Powers movie. And uh, they make a joke in there. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley shows up and they've got her in this black leather dress. And Mike Myers says this joke like, if you have Liz Hurley, you put her in leather. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like with this movie, if you have Paul Rudd, let him be funny. You know, sure. That that's what he does. That's yeah. that's his wheelhouse. You know, I mean, he's right. he's tremendous off the cuff, and I, you know, it, I feel like they weren't even letting him vary from the script on those those ant lines. He wrote when the he's flying around. He okay, he, uh, he does it, he is he one of the credited? I know I saw yeah. McKay on. There. It was Adam, Adam McKay, McKay and, and Paul writes. Rudd,
1: and then Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish who <sighs> wrote the original. Maybe yeah. there's
0: ant lines, and maybe maybe the uh, the sequences where were writing on ants. That's what I'm trying. I, to say I have a feeling the
1: more rom com stuff was Rudd,
0: yeah. The more
1: comedy stuff was McKay and Edgar Wright. That the stuff that got left in, sure, um, yeah. But that remains to be seen. Obviously, I don't know who wrote which
2: line. I wish I did. They need to make shout that out, available. Shout out to Evangeline Lilly, by the way, because she looks amazing. This <laughs> is supposed to be Jessica like Chastain. Amazing. Really? Uh, one of my favorites as well. So couldn't have gone wrong there.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't buy I didn't
1: really like the goons. Michael Peña and his friends character from jail. It uh, didn't work much for me. I saw their comic relief potential and purpose, but it didn't work for me personally. The, the my theater was roaring at all yeah. of this stuff. What did you think I, of it?
2: I laughed way more at Michael Peña than I maybe than I feel good about. Like, <laughs> I, I've never been a huge fan of him, and, and he's and I, he's
1: hilarious and he's bounding down. That's where I'd seen him before.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I've never been a huge fan of him, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of that kind of comedy. I just feel like that's a little bit of lazy comedy where you have the sure, like he might as well be wearing a T-shirt that says "comedic relief" across the front of it. You know, like that's just that feels it's very very racist lazy stereotype. To me character by the way sure sure oh yeah. jailbird oh who is it oh
1: michael Pena. Yeah.
2: yeah but but i did i found him far more entertaining than i should have i don't know why like his first oh, line understandable yeah is the whole bit about his you know oh she left me you know with his wife and my mom died my dad got, <laughs> got deported the van. but at least i got the van and like i don't know why but that that really yeah. got me and it put me in the right place to laugh at all of his Uh, His shenanigans throughout. Now, Ti. That's another story. Can we? Can we just stop? Can we just please stop? Because that,
0: Mm.
2: I don't understand the appeal at all. He's not. He's he can't act. He's not funny, and he's not particular. It's not like putting Kanye in your movie or something. He's not particularly culturally relevant so what 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 are we what are we doing here is it just that he's available and he he needs money to settle court costs or like what i i don't i don't get it um i thought he was a major drag every time he was on screen
0: how did you feel about uh Pena though in the the first third because I he I will admit I laughed a lot about and I also feel very guilty about it I <laughs> laughed a lot uh, when we get sort of towards the end of the film and we go into straight action comedy and we're having the action sequences that are going to take us to the close yeah he was very very funny for me but in the first third with everyone else being directed on such a flat line. Yeah, it 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 kind of made my skin crawl a little because it sure. it, it seemed almost desperate. How did you feel? Of, how did he work for you during those moments?
2: I don't remember there being much for him to do during that, mm-hmm. and, and so maybe it's just maybe I'm just passing over. But I, I didn't. I honestly, I went into this movie thinking I'm going to hate that just from the trailers, just from having seen Michael Pena and a lot of other things that I've never been super impressed by him in. I kind of went in thinking. I'm not gonna like this guy. I'm not gonna like this character, and I very quickly was just like, okay, I kind of, I'm, I'm digging it more than I, than I thought it would. I don't know why that is necessarily. I definitely think you're right. I think as it went, he got better, and his stuff down the stretch was much funnier than, than the stuff in the beginning. But he never, he never got to a point where he was grading on me, and that was a, a huge surprise to me.
1: One. When- thing uh, an issue that i had now that we're in spoilers i can talk about it shooting at ants i don't <laughs> it just yeah. bothers me when ant-man is attacking these people they're shooting at ant-man okay guy
0: doesn't have a spray bomb? the
1: odds of hitting ant-man are pretty low guys i'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> just yeah just you're you're better off just kicking and screaming uh, around the room to try to kill ant-man uh so that kind of bothered me yeah. Uh, it's just some little things like that, but I did appreciate the ant size on one level. Uh, when they bust him out of jail, when they bust, yeah, um, yeah, Rudd out of jail, they basically just have ants walk the suit in the jail and <laughs> put it in his cell, and then it, it, you know, it comes back to normal size. So I like that, and I like the little discs that they had. That one mm-hmm. one of the discs makes people bigger, and one of them makes it smaller. So kind of a cheap way to shrink people any size you want uh, yeah. on demand. And they use it in a great gag. Or not a great gag, but kind of a a simple gag when they sh- blow up the ant to normal size. Yeah.
0: Well, the Thomas the Tank was a pretty great gag. Yeah, yeah that, that was that was, that was, that was a was good so gag. Strong.
1: Uh the uh, I I'm guessing they just borrowed the ant from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the ant gag.
2: Have uh, I yeah. Have I told my Honey, I Shrunk the Kid story at some point? No, you have not. Please. Okay. It's not a great story, but it just, I don't know. Oh Well, now just, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Just setting the bar low, guys. Uh, I, I went to see that movie when I was a kid. That came out in 89, 90, something like that. Uh, so I was, I think I was six. Yeah, I was six years old. And I had been super sick, like stay in bed for two weeks, kind of sick. You know, like maybe this kid's going to die, kind of sick. And uh, and I survived, obviously. And as as a reward, my mom and my uncle took me to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I loved it. Spoiler alert for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids: the ant dies about two thirds of the way through. He just gets murdered by another bug, and I started bawling so hard that my parents that my mom eventually had to just take me out of the theater and leave. <laughs> And I just, I don't know what it was like, I was a very, I'm a very logical person. And I was a very logical, practical kid. And I can, I can distinctly remember just like saying out loud, I don't know why I'm crying. This is stupid. And then just (laughs) continuing to ball for like, maybe when my, when I got put to bed that night, I was still crying. Like it was just such a traumatic experience for some reason. And I, I uh, I had a flashback of that, so I didn't see the last third say. of this movie because I just started bawling and yeah. uh, and had to had to be escorted out. But uh, but uh, it s- seemed like uh, it went well down the stretch, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hated how the the aunt friend of Rudd's was named
1: Antony or something. What, what was it? <laughs> that,
0: yeah, was an- Paul, uh, Anthony. that was Paul Rudd's yeah. line. That's yeah. the one he wrote. That's why you, yeah. know, you got the screenwriter credit. i mean in. was an just
1: Anthony. so cheesy, guys. It was. Well, we did not need that uh, at all. Uh, well, and, it, and
0: again, back to the to the tank and the. Uh, I that the was molecules. that was a you very. You're
1: dying. I, that was a very obvious setup. The tank, yeah. like yeah. they,
0: the way they, when they oh, zoom
1: yeah. in on the tank keychain, like, oh, yeah. that's not going to come back later. Well, right. but even
0: even Anthony gets wiped out. Who has a
1: tank a keychain? Like, <laughs> it's the most obvious setup. You know, like it's not a normal thing that you just see in passing because you think to yourself, like, who has a tank keychain? <laughs> oh, okay. So, I know, but I found that very clever how they used the discs to then blow up the tank to normal size, yeah, and the way they bust out of the building with it was was pretty oh, awesome. There are some yep. fun, very memorable moments. I'll watch this one again, um, but I don't see it's no guardians, it's not like a thing no. where you can see it creating its own offshoot universe or anything like that. no, but um, worthy effort. And I think I predicted on the show that this would be one that people were pleasantly surprised by. You and Richard, Brian, uh, said it would be terrible. I think you predicted that.
2: I I was nervous. I was nervous. I don't think I thought it was going to be terrible. But I I definitely was nervous about it.
1: So let's go on to grades, unless y'all have any other Ant-Man thoughts. (sighs) Any stingers here for the end? What did we think of Corey Stoll, by the way, the villain? We didn't talk about him at all.
2: I really like
1: Corey. I like Stole. the yellow
0: jacket. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um I want to talk about the I guess after credit scenes sure. if we sh- we should probably do that
2: since we're in yeah, spoilers. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I'm a big fan of Corey Stoll, but I I didn't like it, him in this either. I they no one it seems like no one can figure out how to use him right. And yeah. at some point that becomes about him. But I still feel like he they used him right in House not, of Cards. Yeah, he's and fantastic then they, in House of yeah, Cards. Yeah, he's he's fantastic in House of Cards for for like four episodes cuz you know. No spoilers. I thought so. he was the most I thought beyond beyond Frank himself in season one I thought he was by far not only the most interesting character but was giving the best performance of anybody on that show. So. Yeah. But like but I don't think they knew how to use him because of the way that they wrote his character away you know and uh, The Strain do you, either of you guys watch that because no. he is horribly underutilized on that show and it's extremely frustrating and it seems like every movie he pops up in too it's he's very very good and at some point I I I think and I hope anyway that somebody's going to figure out how to use him correctly but I don't think this was it either.
0: I I liked him. He worked for me. He he did. Uh I'm not going to say he was amazing and I don't know how great his chemistry was with uh Michael Douglas but uh, He had me as crazy scientist. Like he – I I was there. Like there was a – It's a pretty
1: villainous moment when he blows up that other person. I don't want to spoil that (laughs) much with the gun, and he just kind of wipes him up on the floor with a piece of uh, paper mm -hmm. towel. That was kind of uh, a a badass moment I I should say.
0: The, one of those sneaky horrifying moments. Yeah. That you see it and then you think about it for a second and it's like, oh that's pretty I don't, messed
2: up. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they did him any favors though by sort of almost like almost haphazardly or almost as a as a, a second thought throwing in the oh the, the stuff is messing with his brain. Like Yeah, where did that come th- from? Make him evil or make him deranged because of science. You know like it, yeah. it, it, you you can't they kind of well, tried to split the difference there and I uh, I thought that was a a it was a mistake and b it really kind of hindered how whatever that character could have potentially been yeah, and- it, it kind of undercut it.
0: It was just a line too. There was no backing to right. it. We don't have any reference of him. Is right. he free basing the stuff? Is he drinking it in the morning? Right. Like we have no, we <laughs> have no record of him having any actual contact with it other than he's working with it in a lab. So then, doesn't that mean all the scientists are going to be complete wackadoos? Like there's no, where did that even come from? It's a, it's a line out of nowhere right. justifying his crazy, but it's a line out of nowhere it's completely unaccountable it's, right yeah i'm with you man that line felt weird i'd forgotten about it
1: so let's talk after credits here what do we uh what do we make of what we saw at the end to me it was nothing shocking nothing that i didn't expect actually exactly what i expected uh brian what did you think of first the daring credit sequence and did you stay for the post post credits yeah i saw thing? both okay. of them
2: yeah and and it was about what i expected uh i i know
1: evangeline Lilly now is going to be the wasp right so that's the spot. which is good
2: yeah. that's a that's good casting and b um i look i really like evangeline Lilly a lot and i think she's a very talented actress i was a big fan of her on lost and uh you That's know. it because
1: well, <laughs> that's,
2: the Hobbit movies didn't it, do her she any so favor, but that wasn't proof she, you know? yeah. Yeah. She, She's the worst yeah. part of those movies, actually. I think her character is pretty yeah. terrible, yeah. yeah. But I don't think that I don't think she's giving a bad performance at all. I just no. think it's this character doesn't make any sense at all. Well
0: but. her character wasn't bad in the actual Hobbit book. Oh, yeah, <laughs> wait, <laughs> right. a minute. wait she, yeah, exactly. she didn't exist.
2: Yeah. So she didn't exist. Um so I think she's a great addition to the MCU. And I'm excited to see like I'm excited to see them kind of diversify their their heroes a little bit. And I think you're going to get that with her. You're going to get that with – eventually with Anthony Mackie and Mm -hmm. uh, Captain Marvel, whoever that turns out to be. Please be Emily Blunt. Um, It's interesting
1: that Anthony Mackie is the only other Marvel character that shows up, the Falcon, mm -hmm, in this movie, mm -hmm. other than Howard Stark and Agent Carter at the beginning and post credit sequence. Of course, we get uh, Captain America – yeah, and uh, and the Falcon, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, Bucky. and we see the Winter Soldier, yes, Bucky, and I'm assuming that's going to lead into Civil War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as uh, kind of to be expected, no, still no Spider Man tease at the end of any uh, of these.
0: But we did get a Spider Man tease line.
1: Yeah. What was that? Which
0: I thought was very relevant when he was talking. Who was it? Was it Mackie talking on the bench in yeah. the uh, lip-sync?
2: Towards Yeah, in, in the lip-sync, when Michael Pena is describing the reporter, the conversation that she had, she, she says something like, we've, we've got a guy who uh, – What's next, Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah, who, like, who got flies who just, and, this, and does got,
0: this yes. and this and this, got and the one who crawls from, on walls. Yeah. Crawls from walls, yeah.
2: It was a very di- – I thought it was a very direct yeah. Spider-Man reference.
0: Put him in the universe. Is yeah. what they did with with a line. They established that he exists, and people know that he know that he does. I I, I really liked the final stinger. I really liked seeing Winter Soldier and Cap and mm-hmm. and Mackie there. Um, I mean, if if nothing else, it's it's a reminder because we had all hoped that that meant that the winter that the way the Cap two closed out is that the Winter Soldier was going to come back into the universe, and I'm I'm just genuinely excited to see it.
1: Yeah. Before we do grades, where does this rank for you guys? Brian, does this shake up your list that you released Um, this year?
0: It's not,
2: I mean, it's not going to hit the top five for sure. So, so I don't know how much. Right. No, I mean,
1: rank amongst the Marvel.
2: Yeah. 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 That's what I'm sorry. I was unclear. That's what I meant. It's not going to be a top five Marvel or MCU movie for me. Uh, Is is Age
1: of Ultron ahead of it? Did you say?
2: I think for me, I they're very they're on par in a lot of ways to me. I think Age of Ultron is a better movie. I gave Age of Ultron an, an A minus, I think when we did our review. I think it's a better movie. But this, I don't know. This has a lot this has a lot that I liked maybe a little bit more than. And I think it's just I think it really is just A, I love Paul Rudd and B this just felt so so much different and so so much very refreshing i think compared to the the marvel fatigue that i am experiencing as much as i i really like all of the movies that are in the marvel universe except for thor 2 i <laughs> i just feel like i have to keep throwing that in there but um I, I, we talked about this when we did avengers we all are feeling a little bit uh, or maybe a lot of not only just superhero fatigue but Marvel fatigue in general because these all do – they all do kind of follow the same exact pattern and they all are are contained within the same little box. And maybe you get to color outside the lines just a little bit but but most of them are – they're very professionally organized in some ways. Like they're put together by one mind in a lot of ways and this one just has a little bit of a – it feels a little bit different. It feels – Slightly independent in its own very mass-produced consumer type or or, or uh, corporate kind of way, you know. And yeah. so, I don't know. I need more distance before I say it's going to rank higher than than Age of Ultron. I probably need to see them both again. But so I would say for for the moment, Age of Ultron is the better movie and would rank higher. But but I th- I felt like this was a very a much more worthy entry into the MCU than I than I kind of thought it was going to be going in.
1: Yeah, I still think the Winter Soldier and Guardians are the two best yeah. Marvel efforts. Mm-hmm. I would still, and you know, it's not even particularly close, and I would still put, probably put the original Ant- Man, I mean, uh, Iron Man at mm-hmm. uh, number three, and then Avengers maybe, and then, uh,
2: that's where I get tough
0: is yeah, that number yeah.
2: five spot. I think when I wrote when I wrote uh, for the for the podcast website uh, back in May, I want to say I had Guardians one, Avengers two, and then I think Winter Soldier was three and Iron Man was four or or, or yeah. reverse. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, you had Guardians uh, as
1: number one, which surprised yeah. me.
2: Yeah, oh, um, it's so good. It, it really is, and the rewatchability factor on that is so high. I mean, it's through the roof mm-hmm. almost. So yeah, uh, but yeah. I, I, let me. Let's see. I had Cap, Iron Man. Number five for me was Thor.
1: I'm not high on Thor at all. That might original, be my last one. Really?
2: Yeah, I, I like Thor a lot, and I think it. I think it gets better with time. I know Richard's a big, a big fan of of Thor. You know what? Ant Man would kind of slot in. So for me on my list, I'm looking at it now. I have Iron Man two at eight, Cap one at seven, Iron Man three at six, Thor at five. I think I could put Ant Man and Age of Ultron both into that discussion somewhere in there i don't know exactly where wow. they come out but but somewhere in there
1: yeah i'd probably put one of the iron man sequels ahead of it i like the first avenger a lot too cap yeah i too. Cap one too yeah so i i think uh ant-man ranks for me somewhere between iron man 2 and uh the uh first avenger okay what's your grade brian
2: I am going to give it a very soft a minus. So like b plus a minus range.
1: Okay, I am going to give it a b plus. Didn't get to
2: a for me. Yeah. Jason's going Jason. to give it an f minus minus. No, it's no. trademarked by me already.
0: <laughs> no, that's it's, it's I this really might change given a couple days to chew on it. But I b minus Maybe That's, C plus. Yeah, I mean, I I can't decide if it's good or bad, and it's not. If it wasn't what it was, if it wasn't Ant Man, Marvel, Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. I think I think it comes up to a B for me, maybe a B plus in a second. But for for what it was, uh, it's a B minus for me. Sure.
2: There are major flaws. Let's be. I mean, like, yeah. there's a lot left on the table. And there's a lot of really generic, mediocre choices. Uh, it definitely oh, doesn't he have, wants to
1: use the yellow jacket and make it <laughs> militarized. I've yeah, never heard yeah, that. We've
2: never seen before. that before. That's shocking. Um, but I, I do think that there's for whatever reason, I just, I didn't have any problem just saying, you know what? This is a lot of fun and I'm going to enjoy it. And I, and I like, I like, I like the character. We didn't talk about this too much. But I, I I enjoy the character the the Ant Man Scott what's his last name Lang Lang Glenn, Glenn. Glenn Scott Glenn Scott Glenn I love Scott Glenn um, <laughs> I I like that character a lot and so that I don't know it just made it this was much more this is a more enjoyable movie than it is a good movie I think would be mm-hmm. the way I would put it
0: yeah. <laughs> no, and I may watch it the next time I see it and enjoy it a whole lot more. I know uh, the first time I lost, watched Lebowski, I hated it, and now it's in my Cohen Pantheon. pantheon. Okay. So uh, on, I could it. watch it again. <laughs> I, I like to – he likes to put eyes on the end of the words. I like to just <laughs> take letters out. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it may change for me somewhere down the line. You know, uh, the the biggest go-to. crime of
1: this movie, and I should have said this a lot earlier, I, was, I apologize to anyone who ducked out at, in, when we got the spoilers, but the yeah, biggest but crime for free, so biggest really crime of this apologize. movie is the fact that the the best part of the movie is what's from the concept footage that we saw four <laughs> years ago, which is when, I, when, when Ant-Man runs towards the guard and he jumps on the gun, runs down the barrel of the gun and kicks a guy in the face. Yeah. That's still the coolest visual gag that they had in this yeah. movie. And that wasn't the original you know, sizzle reel, if you will. Right. Yeah, from yeah. literally just to get the movie made. And so yeah. if that's the best you got, that's kind of sad, guys. I don't know. I I'm laughed
0: hard when the train ran into Yellow Jacket. <laughs> and then yeah. we got the wide shot from the girls' perspective. That wasn't the laughed.
1: trailer though. I saw that in the trailer. Yeah. That ruined well, that it wasn't for in me. The that's I a tried. good gag. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just I had already yeah. seen it. That That disappointed me. I Uh, would say the movie's biggest crime is not casting early 2000s comedian Ant in the title
1: role. (laughs) Uh, There's still hope for the sequel.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Fingers crossed. They did
1: have Adam Ant in the uh, soundtrack, though. So made up for that. All right. Let's move on and hit a recommend.
0: Weekly recommends.
1: Go ahead, Brian.
2: I know that I have recommended this in the past, but it's been a couple years, and so I'm going to redo it again. Uh, I a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went on a little vacation, and uh, vacation for us is mostly just uh, eat a lot of good food and then watch TV without a child trying to make us watch Mickey's Clubhouse or something, and uh, so we, we, we rolled through the first season of Orphan Black and have just started the second season, and I love this show so much. It is so good. Uh, i know i recommended it i think right after its first season and now it has just completed its third season and the uh the title actress tatiana maslani just got nominated for an emmy and she still deserves it so i'm i really really enjoy this the show it's on bbc america it's also available on amazon prime if you uh you have access to that not on netflix but prime works too uh check it out if you don't know what it's about don't Try not to learn too much. Just understand that the title character it's about clones. That's all you need to know. Yeah, she she yeah. plays five or eight or ten different people, and she does. And not only does she do an amazing job at it, she truly. If you, she if you did not know that she is playing all these characters, you would really have to wonder if this was being they were being played by, you know, quintuplets or something. I mean, it's 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 remarkable the differences in style that each of these they're they're completely different people i've never seen anything like that i mean we've seen plenty of movies and tv shows and stuff like that where somebody plays two characters or brothers or twins or whatever uh but this is one that it, they truly are different people on the screen and it, it's just a, she's amazing amazing at what she does uh so check it out orphan black lots of fun season three just ended uh, and I think it comes out on DVD and I'm sure on all streaming services in like a month. So you got plenty of time yeah. to go through the first 20 episodes and then uh, get ready for the, the next 10 when they hit whatever you prefer to watch said TV shows on. We need to talk
1: television when Richard
2: get, gets back. We do. And, we, and I you, imagine going, we'll do our pilot. Our, we're, yeah, our we're going to have our, an- pilot our, our annual
1: TV uh, pilots discussion, which is always yeah. a good time.
2: But I think we'll fall. do, you think we'll, you want to do True Detective at some point?
1: Man, I don't know if I'm in on True Detective. I've, <laughs> I've, given, it th- I've given it three episodes, and I just yeah, can't.
2: I'm still two back, and I'm. But I've uh, heard that four okay. and five are where it starts to. Light, I'm at,
0: I'm at three, turn. and I've heard five is a bombshell. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna try to get we, to those. Uh,
1: I, I just know I'm gonna have to revisit them before we do that episode, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I can do them again. Yeah, that's the only thing. It's
2: kind, it's kind of a letdown. Let I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Not not kind of. It is it is a it is a significant. It's, it's almost down.
1: impossible it's to expect good. to match the. Success of, yeah, of the McConaissance. Right. Man, that was special. I'm glad we did an episode on that one, at least. Definitely, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I'm going to actually recommend a TV show, Brian, as well. It's only on Netflix, though. Season two just got released. It's BoJack Horseman, an animated show about an ex-actor horse man. Uh And this world is kind of, I guess, people kind of coexist with animals. But they never really explain it. It's just kind of the way things are, <laughs> which I always think is funny. There's a lot of great voice acting in it. Uh, Will Arnett plays the BoJack Horseman. Allison Brie has a big role. Keith Olbermann in it as well. <laughs> Some awesome. voice work. They actually got Paul McCartney on an episode. It's kind of uh, a big deal in uh, in Hollywood. I mean, they they get a lot of you know really good guest guest stars, mm-hmm. but it. Uh, it's doing quite well, I think. And so season two is out now. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a fun watch, fun show. Aaron Paul also plays the roommate of uh, Bojack horseman. So <laughs> nice. Good <laughs> times.
2: Awesome. I uh, saw that yeah. got released last year and I, it just looked so stupid that I didn't even give it the time of day, but the, the television people that I follow on, on the Twitter, it's funny, have just man. gone bonkers. About it's all Hollywood two, humor. So. too. it's all about yeah. bu-
1: like business type stuff uh, mm-hmm. because he's an ex actor trying to break back into the biz he he was on an old 90s show called horsing around and, and <laughs> so awesome. it's just him crying in his room watching old episodes <laughs> and stuff it's, it's pretty funny will arnett is great i mean this character it, it, it i'm surprised it's um as successful as it is because it would never fly on broadcast tv i mean sure it's sure. pretty it's yeah. pretty funny what they do uh, it's not not hugely inappropriate but but quite funny <laughs> Uh, so that's my recommend. Uh, Jason, go ahead.
0: Uh, I'm going to go to a movie that a few people have been on on for for years now, but it's new to me. Uh, In Bruges, starring Car- nice. Colin Farrell, who we were just talking about. Um, I've heard about it. I've had a few people, including Brian, say, "You know, this movie's great. You need to see it." Yeah. And uh, I finally got around to it. It's on Netflix now, and I finally got around to it a, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And if anything, everyone has undersold that film. That <laughs> film is incredible. Uh, it, it, it amazed me in so many ways. What I loved is you – and there are no spoilers here. You don't have to worry. But uh, you spend about the first third, maybe quarter of the movie. Uh, I'm not sure why everyone thinks it's great. Like it's well acted. It's it's good. But I don't understand. And then about – again, that quarter third mark you get the hook and you finally understand what's actually happening and the movie becomes a, a almost a masterpiece and then with about a third to go you get ray fines and once he shows up on screen it's just it's incredible it is incredible mm-hmm. all the way through uh it's not for the squeamish if you're squeamish i i don't recommend the film but if you are not it is it is tremendous uh it is a dark 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 comedy and i don't know that I can think of too many films that uh, in that genre that manage the dark as well as they manage the comedy. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Ray Fiennes in particular has the single funniest moment in the single darkest moments. Um, It's, it's something, it is really something.
2: Great
1: movie. I see a lot of people coming back to that one lately because of Colin Farrell and true detective. They want to revisit his filmography. It's on Netflix,
2: isn't it?
0: it is, it is. I, so. uh, yeah. I don't know if it's on prime i know i watched it on netflix
1: yeah that, that was a one
0: of the best movies available on netflix seriously yeah, that, that was I, a film school a study
1: movie. type movie that we did so really? a lot of fun stuff to learn about about imbruge yeah i like it yeah. good, good recommend uh let's uh move on and ask brian where can we find you online
2: you can find me on the Twitter at bgil 12 You can find my writing occasionally at the madaboutmoviespodcast.com website. Rick, no, not Richard. Richard's not here. So we will not even ask him. Rick 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 Jason, where can we find you on the internet?
0: You can find me on the Twitter at JDavidson214 and in the upcoming film Aria Appleton. Nice.
1: Sweet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can find all of our episodes on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on iTunes. And if you want to keep the show going, you can do so by donating at our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. The donate button is in the middle of the page. And until next week, I'll see you, Brian and Jason, later on uh, at the cinema.
2: Bye, Felicia. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tough salads and scrambled eggs